Every search you make, every click you take, they'll be watching you. Are you tired of being tracked online? There's a simple solution, DuckDuckGo. It's an all-in-one privacy app with a built-in private search engine, web browser, one-click data clearing, email protection, and more, all for free. Download the app today and get the most comprehensive privacy protection with the push of a button. DuckDuckGo, privacy simplified. Hello everyone, this is Rosie Tran and welcome to Stupid Sexy Privacy, a Weibo.tv special report sponsored by our friends at DuckDuckGo. You may have heard my voice at the end of every episode on Weibo.tv. I'm the one asking you to leave a review. Which, by the way, I hope you've done, right? You've left us a review? Okay, great. Unless you're lying. <clears throat> well, I'm a lot more than a voice. I'm also Weibo.tv's intrepid reporter, and over the course of this miniseries, I'm going to share with you short, actionable tips you can use to protect your privacy. These tips were sourced by our fearless leader, he really hates when we call him that, BJ Mendelssohn. BJ, for those of you who may not know, is the author of the book Privacy and How We Get It Back, a book that was published in the before times. This means before COVID. BJ is currently writing a sequel called How to Protect Yourself from Fascists and Weirdos. So everything we're going to hear in this miniseries is the most up-to-date information he's researched, bringing us into 2023 and beyond. Throughout the series, you're also going to hear from some special guests and experts in the information security field. You hear that sound? That means it's time for today's privacy tip! Let's talk about your car. You know, the thing in your driveway that goes vroom vroom. If you own a car that was made before 2012, you're fine. Mostly. It's only after 2012 that car manufacturers started to get creepy. So if you own a car that came out after 2012, or you're renting one, it's important not to sync your smartphone to your car. Now I know some of you may have already done this. That's okay, as long as you remember to do just one thing. Get out your privacy notebook and make a note about what cars you've synced your device to. Always make sure to clear your data, regardless of if you're renting or buying, before returning your vehicle. And when you're clearing that data, don't forget to remove stuff like the code for your garage door. You don't want anyone breaking into your garage. That's where your Christmas decorations live. These days, it seems like everything wants you to sync your phone to it. Try to avoid doing this as much as you can. One trick is to buy a used phone, get a SIM card from Mint Mobile, and then use that phone to sync to these devices. This way, you can listen to your music or favorite podcasts on the cheap. But another solution would be to do this. The most secure phone you can own are the ones with a headphone jack. There are two reasons for this. One, you can then use an auxiliary cable, which are super cheap on eBay, by the way, to plug your phone into most car entertainment systems. And as a fun bonus tip, connecting your phone to your car stereo through an auxiliary cable will provide much better sound than you'd get from Bluetooth. Two, smartphones with a headphone jack have fewer microphones, meaning you can purchase a mic lock, plug that directly into your phone and turn your microphone off when you're not using it. This will keep hackers and tech companies from eavesdropping on your conversations. We'll include a link in today's show notes for where you can purchase a mic lock. Are you still listening? We hope so because we have a special surprise. Back in 2017, BJ's first book on privacy came out. It was called Privacy and How We Get It Back. Broadway actor Roger Wayne did the narration for the audio edition of the book. Our editor, Andrew, was nice enough to go through the audiobook and pull out the sections that are still very much worth sharing with you today. So if you stick around and listen to this miniseries after every privacy tip, you'll hear another excerpt from BJ's book, Privacy and How We Get It Back. Take it away, Roger! 
4. Big Trouble in Little Data Big Data, Metadata, Raw Data Data processed by autonomous machines employing machine learning By the time you read this, there will be more data-related buzzwords than I can possibly list, especially as it relates to the use of your data by artificial intelligence. Since this is not a book on AI, we won't get into that topic here, but I will share with you this. There's a running joke in the artificial intelligence industry that anything that hasn't been invented yet is referred to as AI. Everything else that actually develops from that field, like machine learning, which does involve your data and privacy, has its own name, and in some cases, the technology behind it is many decades old. Where machine learning is concerned, the thing to keep in the back of your mind is that the information we're entering into Google, Amazon, Facebook, and other platforms is being used to make better recipes, algorithms, with more data. So, in another instance where free isn't necessarily free, the smarter we make those systems, the more likely we are to further the speed of automation. And that means fewer jobs and opportunities for our fellow humans based on the data we're constantly providing without any compensation. That aside, the thing to understand here is that your data is incredibly valuable as it relates to non-government entities. Period. Full stop. Because of this, your privacy has the potential to be violated in a number of ways, by multiple parties, in order to fulfill various business interests. This will increasingly involve things like machine learning. And we're not just talking about data collected from your smartphones, smartwatches, and laptops. If you use a voice-activated assistant like a Google Assistant or an Amazon Alexa, or if you're reading this inside an autonomous vehicle, there are some major issues surrounding your data involving those respective products as well. Amazon's new Alexa Spot basically puts a camera in your bedroom. A lot of self-driving car software systems keep track of everywhere you go in order to make the best recommendations about how you can get there in the future. But the fact that you keep going to that one Adam and Eve's location in Columbus also gets noticed. Those visits get shared with other parties by the software powering your self-driving car. Other parties who may start sending you targeted messaging about coupons and deals you can use at Adam and Eve on Wonder Woman costumes for your significant other to wear in the bedroom. There's often a lot of confusion about the kind of data being collected by these companies through their sites, devices, and apps. So what I'd like to do here is explain the different kinds of data these companies are collecting about you, and then discuss why it's valuable in the first place. Just a note, though. What data that is, and how it's collected, changes often. So consider the information below to be a good starting point for discussions on privacy, but not the last word. Disparate data. In recent years, the Federal Trade Commission, FTC, has pushed Congress to force the businesses behind many apps and Internet-enabled platforms to be more clear and honest about the type of data they're collecting from their users. The FTC breaks that data down into 12 unique groups. 1. Identifying data. Your name, address, phone numbers, and emails. 2. Sensitive identifying data, your social security number, driver's license number, and birthday. 3. Demographic data, your height, race, religion, and marital status. 4. Court and public records data, bankruptcies, judgments, liens, 
and your political party affiliation. 5. Social media and technology data. Your platform of choice and how much you use it. How many friends you are connected with. Your internet service provider. And how much you use the internet. 6. Home and neighborhood data. How much you pay in rent. How much you pay on your mortgage. The value of your home. 7. General interest data. How much gambling you might do. The type of clothes you like to buy. The shows you watch. The kind of awesome pets you own. 8. Vehicle data. Whether you own a car. What car you own. Your car preference. And your car buying habits. And with autonomous vehicles, you can expect this category to expand greatly in the next few decades. 9. Financial data. Your credit, the loans you have, the type of credit cards you may own. 10. Travel data. Your preferred hotel, your preferred airline, the kind of vacations you take. 11. Purchase behavior data. How much you spend, the type of things you buy, and your preference in terms of how and where you buy your stuff. 12. Health data. Your prescriptions, whether or not you have allergies, whether or not you wear glasses. In other words, the kind of things only your doctors should know. Mo data, mo problems. Everything in this book and most of the debate concerning privacy not pertaining to the government rests on one key fact. Your data is worth a fortune. And every day, regardless of what Internet-enabled device you choose to use, you create more and more of it for someone else to profit from. Did you pick up your phone first thing in the morning to text your sex kitten using iMessage? You created more data. Did you ask Alexa what the weather is like this morning? You created more data. Did you send some email? Data. Did your self-driving car take you somewhere? Data. I'm a Facebook hipster. I then deleted my Facebook account and then re-upped it in 2005 and have not been able to get off the stupid thing since. So so why can't you get off? So wh <laughs> what are your... <laughs> you guys. The award-winning Smashing Security Podcast, hosted by Graham Cluley and Carol Terrio each week. It takes an irreverent look at cybersecurity and online privacy helping you find out what's happening with your data. Find it in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and all good podcast apps, or at smashingsecurity.com. It's not all filth. Have I mentioned yet that Facebook has the largest data set of faces in the world and doesn't even need to see your face at this point to identify you in pictures that get uploaded to their system? Yeah, they totally do. All with the goal of selling that information to advertisers so they can target you based on your emotions. Remember that the next time you're feeling sad and Facebook starts serving you nothing but Ben and Jerry's ads. The list goes on, but I think you're getting the picture. If you do something with an internet-enabled device, you're creating valuable data that everyone wants a piece of. 
Whether or not the data is worth a damn for advertising purposes is a different story entirely, and really irrelevant after a certain point because you can't suddenly stand up and go, all of this is bullshit, and expect multiple multi-billion dollar industries to change their policies and actions all at once. Believe me, I tried. Your data makes money for data brokers and data providers like Axiom, Datalogix, Epsilon, Experian, Equifax, Oracle, WPP, and TransUnion. The Fair Credit Reporting Act only protects you from three of those companies, by the way, and most of this data is passed around without first being encrypted, making your data easy to find and way less secure than it should be on these servers. Facebook purchases data from these and other companies in order to recommend products and run advertisements in your feed, as well as make other suggestions. Facebook then turns around to large companies, some of whom now have Facebook and Google employees embedded within their marketing departments, to sell them on investing more money into Google and Facebook's platforms because of how well they can target you. WPP is the world's largest advertising holding company, and there is a revolving door between them and Facebook and Google. As NYU professor Scott Galloway points out, there have been around 2,000 employees of WPP thus far that have migrated to Facebook and Google. Advertisers and other parties can also upload the emails they purchase from these companies and then specifically target you on platforms like Facebook. This is what the Russian operatives did in battleground states during the 2016 U.S. presidential election after allegedly breaking into voter registration systems operated by a company called VR Systems. Tired of being tracked online? DuckDuckGo can help. Tracking is a comprehensive program. Trackers lurk nearly everywhere online from websites, emails, and even apps in your phone. That means you need a multi-pronged solution. DuckDuckGo's all-in-one privacy app can be used as an everyday browser with private search, tracking, blocking, encryption, and now email protection built in. It's the free, easy button for online privacy. Download the app today. DuckDuckGo. Privacy simplified. Thank you for listening to Stupid Sexy Privacy, a Weiwo.tv special report. Do you need a privacy audit? To help find new episodes of Weiwo.tv, BJ is offering one-on-one privacy audits. These are private, one-time consultations that are conducted securely through Signal. During the audit, BJ will walk you through all 23 steps from our special report to help you better protect your privacy. Now, just to be clear, we're going to share all 23 steps with you here, for free, in this podcast miniseries. Because these are all tactics you can use right now to help protect yourself from fascists and weirdos, and we want to help keep everyone safe. These privacy audits are meant for people who may need some extra help implementing these steps or have additional questions that they want answered. You can have your one-on-one privacy audit with BJ by sending an email to bjmendelson at duck.com. That email again is bjmendelson at duck.com. And we'll see you next time right here on Weiwo.tv, right? Right?